Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of Best of the Rest here on the Pro Wrestling Sheet Podcast Network. My name is Aaron Turner. I will be one of your hosts of this fine new program where we will explore the other side of professional wrestling. And by that, I mean organizations that aren't named Raw or SmackDown. And like I said, my name is Aaron. I will be one of your hosts for this. My other host introduce yourself let us know who you are what do you do i was giving you the stage hello my name is rachel sam evans uh i'm uh i i talk about lucha underground a lot on the internet and i also talk about murder a lot on the internet um 
<laughs> professionally, not like just for fun. Oh. Also just for fun. Ah, yay. Yay, murder. Murder fun. Yeah. But no, it's not fun. I feel like that oh. we should preface it. We shouldn't introduce ourselves by saying murder is fun, probably. Yeah, don't don't murder people. It's not cool. It's so not cool and you'll always get caught, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You'll yeah. Only if it's staged like Lucha Underground is murder okay. Yeah, only if you're like beheading a an 800-year-old like lizard person, then that's okay. He did have a family. He did have a family. I'm sure he did, but hey. <laughs> Quick shout out to Morningside Lane for our theme song, A Fifth of Elvis. Thank you guys for that track. It'll be our theme song from here on out. We really, really appreciate that. Thank you for the rocking tune. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. And you can find that on iTunes and wherever you can find any type of music. Just search Morningside Lane, a fifth of Elvis, and you will be able to download our theme song and that great track from that great band. Okay, so something big happened in the world of wrestling, so I hear. Yeah. It was this little thing um, that turned into a big thing called All In. Yes, are you all in? I think after this weekend, I am all in. I was all in anyway, but I'm even further in, so I'm further in. I Some would say in too deep, but yeah. I'm... Oh, oh yeah. LL Cool J, <laughs> great movie. Yeah. Also a great Sum 41 song. There um, you go. Okay. Great is a very subjective thing to say. <laughs> but Yeah, um, that, that might be a polarizing comment. That was super polarizing. I'm really starting off this relationship. Fantastic. Um, don't worry. I, I'm not that person. Yeah, I am. Um, but I, I am very excited to talk about All In. It went down from the Sears Center in Chicago. 11,000 plus packed the Sears Center. And I got to say, of everything that was promised, pretty much delivered on, I on everything. Over delivered, honestly. Okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and start us off? You're saying over delivered. I'm a little bit less than you on that particular mm-hmm. thing. So tell me some things that you liked about it, and then we can just kind of bat back and well, forth there. I'm a sucker for professional wrestling. I am like, I am completely, which you will like learn over the course of this podcast. Everyone will learn that I am swept away by it. And sometimes that judges that clouds my judgment. I do appreciate and know that, but I'm okay with that because that's why you like professional wrestling. You're not, I mean, it's supposed to be fun and you're supposed to get swept away in it. And I do. And so I think that the pure emotion of the weekend and the, togetherness of it all uh really hit me in a a strong way and I wasn't even there and still just following it on Twitter and watching it with my friends and hearing about it from my friends who were there and talking to my friends who were in it like every single person involved in this event from fan to producer to beneficiary was over the moon about it And that is not something that comes by often, especially with professional wrestling. Like you hear a lot of dirty business with promoters, with, you know, with the whole world of it, it is a carny world. And to see all of these like-minded people come together was really special. (laughs) It was so special. And not to mention like the fun surprises that happened throughout the weekend at StarCast. And then also with, you know, all the spoilery things that I'm sure that we can get into now that happened throughout the show. I'm, I'm yeah, but yeah, just just a quick warning: if you haven't seen All In, we're going to spoil the living crap out of it. Oh, you yeah. had a week, like seriously. Oh yeah, <laughs> like you've had a week. So 
let let's talk real quick about sarcasm because I heard I heard that our boss mm-hmm. Ryan Satin, I'll call him boss. I don't know. Yeah, boss man, captain. He, during during his greatest trivia rumble, allegedly nearly took a bump off the stage. That's Ooh. that's what I heard. So, oh. Ryan, we're glad you're okay, man. We're we're glad you didn't take that bump. I mean, it's bound to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of initiate yourself in the business. Maybe maybe Sabu throws a chair at you, and then you yeah. take a bump. I mean, just... when I was nine years old, Stone Cold Steve Austin poured beer over my head. Is that true? So, yes, that's true. And so that was my. I mean, it's not a bump, but it's a. It's like a gimmick bump. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I mean, it, it's a rite of passage. It was. And I started crying and my dad thought that I was like very upset by this man pouring beer on my head, but I was just so happy that it was me. Thank <laughs> you for pouring that. beer over me, you bald-headed redneck man. Yeah, I was like, wow, I love him, Papa. I love him. I'm from Texas, so it was like Stone Cold was like our dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's awesome. <laughs> so let, let me talk about this real quick first. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the over-budget Battle Royal, which could have been silly, and some of it was, but can we talk about Jordan Grace for a second? Oh, yes, we can. My goodness. Like, I I didn't know very much about her. I knew that she's been floating around a little bit. My friend uh, Brad Gilmore, who does... uh, heated conversations with booker t and he's a Mm -hmm. he's involved in reality wrestling he's their ring or not ring announcer excuse me he punched me for saying that (laughs) their broadcast or their shoot i said it again their play-by-play announcer geez excuse me (laughs) and you know that's where i kind of got introduced to her from their shows and man she she was the star of that pre-show absolutely throwing out brian cage throwing out every power bomb and him throwing out everybody she was on fire what'd you think of her i mean she was unbelievable the fact that somebody could suplex brian it's like that is a feat in of itself and i i don't know she her whole like attitude the entire time i loved the way like her her presentation i loved her fighting style i loved her energy her pacing i like she was faultless to me and i could watch that gif of her suplexing brian cage over and over and over again because have you ever seen him wrestle in person brian cage yeah I have not had the pleasure. So he's a, he's like a, he's a big dude. He's, I know that you can tell on TV, but you can't fathom it when you see it in real life. Uh, He's the biggest guy in the whole world. He's just the biggest guy I've ever seen. And for somebody to be able to do that and for also for him to sell it so well and to like have that moment, it's so hard for me and rumbles. Like I, I, I really have a hard time staying invested because there's so much going on and for them to create a moment in the middle of madness is very special. And I commend them both for it. And she's the only female in that, in that battle Royal. And she was the superstar of it. Like a hundred hands down. Like you, you go back and look at that. Yeah. Flip Gordon one. Okay, cool. And that's how I predicted it on the show that you'll never hear. Thank you very much. But she was the absolute star of that. And I got to shout her out again on her Twitter afterwards. Uh, she had put up a picture of Brian cage on her shoulders and it said, uh, how much do you, squ-? when they say, how much do you squat? I say one Brian cage. <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. So she's got a new fan in me and that's what I like. That's what hopefully this show will do for other people. Like I see her. I didn't know a lot about her. Now I want to know more. I'm vested. I'm invested in her. Yes, absolutely. I want to see where she goes from here because 
Um, the other thing I loved about this weekend is that it felt like such a stage. Um, it felt like a stage for people that you haven't heard about before, people that you haven't seen enough of. And now everyone is wondering about those people. And I, uh, I'm excited about that for a lot of people. The more opportunities and the more places people can work and the more people can be seen, the better we're all going to be as wrestling fans. That's what's most important. Yes, yes, yes. Well, let's talk about the main card now. This is where I had some, want well, the whole main card. This is where I had some issues. I, I thought the match um, schedule was a little weird. Yeah, I thought it was strange that the the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship was in kind of like the third or fourth match. It's very odd that they put it there. And I and I thought for what it was, I thought the match was fine. Mm-hmm. It it didn't it wasn't a standout for me. Um, I thought the finish was very anticlimactic, like oh, the yeah. bull the bulldog Brett finish from SummerSlam '92. It just didn't work be- for me because Nick Aldis is such a tall guy yeah. and it, a lot bigger than Cody uh, size wise. So when he rolled him up like that, I was like, I don't really believe that he could hold him down for that long. So that kind of threw me for a loop in the whole. Uh, Cody get knocked out on the outside for like 10 minutes while DDP did a diamond cutter to Sean Devari, which was bizarre and, and <laughs> really out of place. I was like, what is this? So yeah, yeah. I it kind of derailed the momentum for me. Did you have any problems like that or yeah, am I just um, off base? You know, there were, there were some issues. Um, I know that there were some issues timing wise as well right. uh, because the scroll match went long. Um, and and a couple other things like I know that there were some issues and there were a little that was a little bit palpable throughout. Um, and I do think that we lost a little bit within that match. I think that there was more to it or the pacing of it was a little bit off. And the things that were coming at us, the surprises that were coming at us did seem jarring, like out of nowhere. But I want to believe that there's a reason for that. Um, Cody rolling out was a little strange. Uh, but I understand that it was like to give people the stage. So yeah, I, I, I totally see where you're coming from and like looking back at it without, I'm lit. No, it's funny. You can't see me right now, but I am literally wearing rose colored glasses. (laughs) (laughs) How about that? But yeah, that's generally how my brain works too. So I can see that. I can see that. I mean, I really enjoyed it because I was again like caught up in it and also i'm i'm a cheap pop like ddp comes out there i'm gonna be excited about it for like a long time um and that will carry me through any pacing issues <laughs> well i mean i don't want to sound like I, i'm crapping on it because i'm really not it's just it's like oh man i have too many pepperonis on my pizza oh wow that's <laughs> terrible it's it's but, just a thing what? that that stuck out to me like like the finish of the women's fatal four way, which was also like, what? Like yeah. what happened? I think everybody was thinking that because Tessa hits the hammerlock DDT on right. Chelsea and it's like one, two, uh, three, like it's over. Like, and you saw Britt Baker and Madison rain, like, Oh crap. We kind of screwed something up. Didn't we? Yeah. I think that there's also a little bit of a catch 22 with shows that are hyped up as much as th- this one was because When you see, I feel like if you saw that at PCW Ultra, if you saw that like on any given ROH, you'd be like, oh, great. What a great match. Or like, oh, my God, what a crazy thing. But when put in the context of all in, you're you're expecting a lot more. So those 
little things probably pop out. I do think that the finish of the women's match was strange. I did notice that. And I was trying to, I rewatched it and I was trying to figure out what happened. Do you have any ideas? The only thing I could, I could think of was that I think Madison was supposed to run in and hit Tessa, but it just, she just got there like way too late. Like either she tripped or she just missed the timing cue. It's in the grand scheme of things. It's not really a big deal because the match was great while it was on. I thought it was, everybody got a chance to shine. Mm -hmm. I thought it was an awesome match. I'm still critical that it's the only women's match on the card oh, and it's a multi-person it's match. Very critical of that. I, I don't want to say it's ridiculous because I do tend to also be very hyperbolic, which is another thing you will learn about me. Um, I I think it's ridiculous. Like it's, first of all, no intergender matches. I I mean, besides, well. besides the Rumble, besides we have like Jordan, that's it. That's like our beacon of light. But I don't know. I find it shot. I just find it a little surprising that this is like the, the, the point of progression in professional wrestling. And we didn't see every aspect of it. Um, right. I'm glad that we got some Lucha Libre in there. Like that made me really happy. But if I know they had timing issues with that too. It felt like abbreviated Lucha Libre. It's like, everybody get everything in. Well, we got to go yeah, home. Yeah. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, they were sticking to a very strict schedule, which I, I know that there's kind of no way to make this happen, but I wish that they it could just <laughs> I wish they could just let it breathe for a little bit. Right. Um I I I do appreciate the fact that they were trying to keep it shorter, but it ended up being not that much shorter and just a little stunted. Uh, big shout out to Rey Mysterio and his Wolverine costume. <laughs> that was dope. That 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 was awesome. Yeah, I wonder what his involvement was in this. You know, on a on a grander scale. I don't know. I you know you keep hearing those rumblings that Mysterio is like just waiting on an offer from WWE to go back and all this kind of stuff. It's every week or every couple weeks or so it pops up and then just kind of goes away. It yeah. Pops up and goes away. I try to he ignore was, that. Yeah. As much as possible, just because I'm my my one my true love is Lucha Underground, and I hate to think that that would skirt any involvement with him in Lucha Underground because you know WWE tends to be precious with their talent, of course. So, which you know, more power to you. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I do think that Mysterio probably had a large hand to play in it because there was so much lucha underground involvement big presence huge yeah i'm yeah i'm surprised at some omissions of people like i don't know maybe i'm just too stuck in the socal scene but i wanted to see ty and johnny in there yeah that was weird because um they i saw that taya and johnny were at disney world yesterday with marty squirrel and i was like wait wait a second yeah no they're good friends they're all good friends um why I mean, I'm sure there was a reason, and I'm sure it was a good one, but I would have loved to see more women there. And I think Taya is probably is in probably. I don't, no, that might be really controversial. I think she might be one of the. I think she's the strongest female wrestler outside of the WWE. I think that's. I think that's fair. I think she definitely looks it. I don't know if we can. Yeah. I don't know how we can. Uh, you know, figure that out. 
without a strength contest, which I would be kind of. Oh awesome. no, I shot. I just recently shot a video with her where she taught me about wrestling. So you know, I can confirm that she is very, very strong. <laughs> where can we? Where can we find this? Oh, it's on the internet. It's on uh, Facebook.com/slash Gamma TV. It's called um, the Fighting Show, and we did an episode about Glow. There you go. Find it there. Find, Find it there. Watch Rachel taking some bumps. My good buddy, Miss Taya. I like it. Very awesome. Well, let's let's talk about the probably well, okay, before we get to the most polarizing part of the show, mm. as far as as far as most people are concerned, let's go ahead and talk about Pentagon versus Kenny Omega. Yeah. Which I had predicted would be the standout of the show. And I think You're right. In my opinion, it was the best match on the card. Yeah. It was awesome. How could it not be though? Like how could it not be? I first of all, Kenny Omega can do no wrong. I'm like tired of saying how much I love Kenny Omega because at this point it's moot. Like he's the best. <laughs> it's really hard to argue against Kenny Omega at this point. Yeah. And it, did you find it weird though that he didn't come out with the IWGP Championship? Cuz I found that strange. You know, uh i part of me felt that it was weird but also there was no involvement um good point yeah you're right so i guess that they just didn't come to an agreement i well see i thought that too and then the bucks had their iwgp tag titles on you're right that was was, it wasn't a title match though was it no, it wasn't a title match. Yeah, so just, I think they just had them on just to be like Buxy, you know, they're the showboats. Swag. Yeah. And then Pentagon didn't come out with the Lucha Underground Championship, which I understand because Well now we understand towards the end of it's, that. <laughs> Yeah, it's pre-taped and he like Lucha Underground's already taped and everything. He may not still be the champion. I'm not saying that. Oh. As of today he still is. Yes, he is. But he may not be the champion at, at the time of that. I'm just saying. But I thought it was awesome. I thought it was kind of strange that he countered Kenny Omega's uh, one wing angel, which I called one wing eagle once and got absolutely barbecued. Oh, and um, I'm going to get so yeah. murdered on this podcast. I I had no no names of moves. It's unbelievable. Oh. Yeah. Just just got to listen to Mauro Ronaldo. He will tell you everything. I know. About everything. He's so wonderful. He, he countered it like six or seven times. I was like, what? Why are we doing this so many times? But the the ends justify the means. Kenny Omega gets the win. It was an awesome match. Yeah. Great clash of styles with two of the best in the absolute world. And then the lights go out. <laughs> which which I heard people that were there say, oh, well, we knew it was going to happen the whole time. It's like, well, if you're at home, there were a couple technical snafus. Like there's some mic issues. Yeah. There was some graphic issues. So when the lights went out, I was like, oh, no, like the lights really went out. And when it came back on and Pentagon was still there, I was like, oh, well, it was just a screw up. No big deal. Did you not spot any differences? I didn't until I didn't spot any differences until Jericho, which ended up being Chris Jericho, (laughs) ran across the ring and hit him with a forearm. I was like, that's that's a Jericho. That's Jericho, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. Like, how cool is that? That Chris Jericho. Mr. WWE for, you know, for a long, long time. Hey, I'll never work anywhere in the States mm-hmm. only for WWE does all in. Like, how cool is that? He's a free agent. He's a free agent. I love it. I mean, I, right when the lights came back on, 
I'm so used to Lucha that I knew that it wasn't the same person. I'm just so used to like switch them ups like that. Right. Um, that I was like, oh, that's not Pentagon. And also like, he's a much meatier boy than Jericho. Yes. And so I was like, and a little darker complected. Yeah. And then I was like, huh, interesting. And then I thought about it for a second and I was like, oh, Twitter. Oh my God. It's Jericho. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Twitter. See you on the Jericho cruise. that, That part was strange, but Oh, are you I going wanna, to the Jericho Cruise? Uh, I wish I could, but I'll actually be out of the country oh. during the Jericho Cruise. I will be in Aruba. Oh my so, God. look at you! Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't get. To, I tried to get tickets all in, couldn't get them, so I was super bummed. Yeah, and my wife was like, "Well, don't worry about going to Chicago. We'll just go to Aruba. So, <laughs> my problems are solved. My yeah, problems are that's over. fine. We'll do that. Yeah, sure. That's no big deal." <laughs> Let's talk about the most polarizing part of the show. And I don't know where you stand on this, so this is, this could be an interesting discussion. Yeah. Dick Druids. Yes. So we got the resur- the, the resurrection. The resurrection, rest in penis. Oh. The Dick Druids, Mr. Joey Ryan inter- interrupts Hangman Page after a great match with Joey Janela where I'm pretty sure Joey Janela died twice. Yeah. Just yeah. a a great showing from Hangman Page and the resurrection or the resurrection, like you said, of Joey Ryan, who, if you read wrestling Twitter, did everything from save the show to make everybody laugh and love the show to kill the wrestling business. So where do you stand on Dick Druids as it pertains to this show? I am here for it i wanted i wanted a poo-poo platter of professional wrestling and that is what we got we got some strong style we got some lucha libre we got some uh wwe style we got nice women's matches or match i should say and we got the fun gimmicky stuff which is i love that like i love dude love you know (laughs) right exactly i love cactus jack like i love a good fun gimmick and that's what this is and he if there is ever a time to have 12 penises walk you down into the ring. It is this moment. And I think, I mean, I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> it's just, it's so absurd, mm-hmm. of course. But sometimes wrestling, wrestling is just silly. That's yeah. just how it is. Yeah, and There has to be those players in it. That's the thing. You can't have one. You can't have the Kenny Omegas without the Joey Ryans. Like, you can't. You can't have, like, all one thing and i think that a lot of times with wrestling and i know this might sound counterintuitive but i think a lot of times with wrestling people um are very easy to throw away the characters but i think the characters are sometimes the glue of the thing so um that's what joey ryan is he's a character and like let him be that because like honestly when you watch joey ryan wrestle you're not going to get the same you know, you're not going to get the same match that you're going to get from Pentagon and Kenny Omega. So let him walk out with penises, you know? <laughs> and I, the thing I appreciated about it, and this is just, this probably going to be barbecued, but to see him come out with those druids and then Hangman Page is carried away, it like made me think, I was like, yeah, the Undertaker is kind of silly. Like that, yeah, that whole oh thing is kind of, the Undertaker it's, is, it's, cool. that's really silly that he's a dead man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wrestling should be silly like when did wrestling stop becoming whimsical and irreverent and fun like macho man is the craziest person on the planet like 
let it happen. Freak out, freak out. Yeah, the Macho <laughs> Man. Bonesaw is ready. I love the Macho Man. It's one of my favorites of all time, of course. But let, let me ask you this. You know, I've been I've been thinking about all in like, you know, they did these great numbers. They did um, like over a million dollars on fight TV that I was reading today, which is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. How incredible. This is what I don't want to happen because you have you have WWE on its like high mountaintop king of the castle of the wrestling business. And then you have everything else. You have New Japan and Ring of Honor impact all of all of that great stuff as well. And now we're all kind of co-mingling. If you're not in the WWE, we're kind of just co-mingling with everybody else. WWE co-mingles with like Evolve and stuff like that, but nothing, nothing crazy. So I'm a bit of a wrestling historian. I, that's, I love that part of the business. I love to learn things and, and something about the wrestling business is that it's cyclical. Yes. It goes in cycles. And what I'm afraid, back in the day, there was this thing called Super Clash. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, for the listeners out there, come sit under the learning tree. Because Super Clash was a combination, when WWF had taken so much talent from these other organizations, they decided, we're going to combine, and we're all going to have a super pay-per-view, and we're going to go after Vince McMahon. So you had the AWA and world-class championship wrestling, the Von Ericks, you had Memphis, Florida, uh, all these, the end whatever was left of the NWA. And they all came together for super clash. And the first two were fine. First two were fine. Third one, complete disaster because all egos got in the way. And that's what I'm afraid is going to happen eventually, because you're going to have, ring of honor and you've got the elite and the bullet club and you've got new Japan and somewhere down the line, somebody's going to be like, Hey man, we are the ones that drew the number. No, we're the ones that drew the number. So I don't want that to happen. I really don't at all. I think that all in shows that there is an alternate product out there that people want and will pay for, but I don't want these other groups to, to screw it up and get all ego on each other, but it's just a thing we got it. We kind of got to look out for. I know we want that alternative, but just be cautious is all I'm asking. So here's, here's where I'll, I'll slightly disagree. Um, just in that there were so few avenues for wrestling that it had to be regional and like right. there had to be factions of people, but now the wrestling business, at least as indicated by all in is kind of taken over by the individual. We follow the young bucks, whether they're in ROH or whether they're in PWG or, you know, or new Japan, we'll follow the young bucks, but we're not, I'm not married to ROH. I'm not married to new Japan. Like I follow my favorites. And so I think all in kind of showed the fact that the individual can take it back. I am, I tend to be very anti-establishment. So, so this is kind of like a, like a romantic idea to me, but like the idea that the wrestler can take back the business is uh, attractive. And I, I hope that I, what I, what I hope for is that more people follow in Cody's footsteps and see in the young bucks footsteps and see what they can do for themselves and, have that entrepreneurial spirit so there is healthy and well-distributed competition because when it comes when it becomes like 
the Game of Thrones. That's, that's what it feels like. Yeah, exactly. To me. That's but that's not what this was. You know, this wasn't an ROH event. This wasn't impact. This was people coming together like for the love of wrestling. It felt like it was put on by everybody. Um and everybody felt ownership for it. And if it didn't go well, it it was on everybody kind of. And I know that technically like and there was a core group of people putting it together and the, that core group of people is kind of running um, outside of WWE wrestling right now, but they're still just people and they're personal businesses. And so, you know, if it were to turn into this like regional war again, I, I think that it's going to take a long time, or at least I hope so. But that's me being a little hopeful lady. <laughs> what do you, what do you think is next though for Cody, the bucks and, and just that side of it? Do you, yeah. do you see them doing like maybe four shows a year do you like as an all-in kind of thing do you see two shows a year do you think they'll do it again at all I mean, what do you think this felt like such a huge moment and a huge undertaking that i can't imagine that they would go from this to like quarterly because that mm-hmm. is like they they've spent they've spent over a year planning this so like i what what, what i hope to see is they continue doing exactly what they're doing. They, and they capitalize on this moment to make another one just as great. Maybe not in a year, maybe in six months. And then if that goes well, they can, they can like establish a team. And from there it can turn into a more frequent thing. But I think for now they, they, it's probably not in their best interest to do, do another one too soon because it, that kind of cheapens it too. Like, yeah. All in is so valuable right now as a stock and last thing you want to do is uh uh supply more without the demand. <laughs> yeah, let's just I, I think we should just hold like let's let's hold on yeah. until we we see this uh super show WrestleMania weekend. Let's see what happens there. Mm-hmm. I know that's not like an all in thing, that's a Jap- new Japan and Ring of Honor co branded deal, but yeah. let's just see what happens there and then we can go f- there's no rush. no rush. I mean it's not going away. Yeah. So and I think I think uh, the young bucks said they were going to take some time off much deserved. Good, so good, good, good. Spend time with that so they can beautiful just... family. Yeah, there you go. And, and, and Matt Jackson, I believe shaved his sideburns. So. What? Yes. No what? sideburns. No sideburns until, until he comes back. No sideburns gone. Okay. Yes. He has agency over his own body and he can do whatever he wants. It's, it's true, but we need to sell Funko pop. So get them, exactly. get the sideburns back on son. Well, that's it for All In. Let's move over to... We had a lot of thoughts. Let's move over to uh, NXT TV, which, I mean, not a whole lot happened. Cassius Ono beat Kona Reeves. Uh, Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake, the Forgotten Sons. I think this is their TV debut, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it is, too. Yeah, good good dudes. Good good hands. Uh, Wesley Blake got the... Kind of got the short end of the stick on the deal with him and Buddy Murphy, oh. but they beat the Street Profits. Uh, Kyrie Sane defeated Trish Adora, and mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler came out to attack her, and Kyrie fought her off. Mm-hmm. And then we had the Velveteen Dream, Dream defeat Johnny Gargano, or Johnny Failure, oh. as I would like to call him. And they muted our chants, how dare you. So tell me what you thought of uh nxt tv this week anything stick out to you not not a whole lot for me not a whole lot Kyrie sane is a goddess and love i her. love her dearly Cassius so no i have a very very soft spot in my heart as like a so cowboy 
but that match was not anything I haven't seen before. Um, do you think? Do you think he attacked Alistair Black? Do you think that's where they're going with that's this? What, I hope, I pray upon pray that that's where they're going with this because he needs a little push. Yeah, give him something. <laughs> give him something. He's good, and like I don't know what. Why are? Why can't they utilize him in the right way? I don't know, but I've seen him. I want to see him. Probably, I want to say that I've seen him uh, in person probably about like fifteen times, and every time he is the star of the show. So I know that he has it. I know. So just let him come. Let him let him do it. Um, but obviously, Velveteen Dream is everything and will always be everything. <laughs> Velveteen Dream what? is... I, I haven't seen somebody with that much star power for, I mean, a very long time. I was there for these tapings. And I got to say, like it's my first time seeing Velveteen Dream in person. Deceptively large. Oh my God. A very large man. Johnny Gargano, I think probably is like a buck ninety eight, maybe. Velveteen Dream, I, I think he's probably two twenty. Wow, wow, is really? Two two twenty two thirty somewhere in that area. He looks massive. Like he's just he looks like Aquaman. long. What is it? He looks like Aquaman. <laughs> he really does. Like his his body is freakish. Yeah. Like he's in such good shape, and those long things that he wears like always hides it but man he like stretched out on the on the ring steps and i was like holy crap like he is a giant person but you know he keeps pulling out all these tricks out of his bag that we haven't seen before and it always makes me forget how young velveteen dream is he's in his like early 20s 23 yeah 23 you know what i was doing at 23 not that not that, <laughs> not that. so he he's amazing, and every week he gets better. And to get a big win over Johnny Gargano, who looks like he's going insane. And I think it's, that I also something that I love about him is how brave he is. He is not afraid to push buttons, and he's not he afraid. Don't give a crap. Like, I mean, I just I know I know how much pushback there must have been coming out as that character. And I don't know if you read, there was an amazing nylon article um, about kind of queer representation in professional wrestling. And uh, my, my dude, Sunny Kiss or Exolicious on Lucha Underground was kind of majorly featured in it, but so was Velveteen Dream as kind of this like beacon of gender fluidity. And the fact that that message, especially on like, like a young black man in America being gender fluid, being sexual and being open about that, but still being strong and not compromising in that strength is so important. And I am uh, here for it. <laughs> uh, as my, my friend, Chris Burns from the store horseman podcast, oh my, God, said, my roommate, you mean <laughs> he's your roommate. Yes. What in the world is happening? But anyway, Chris was on the uh, Collider Body Slam podcast with me and me and Roca, and he dubbed Velveteen Dream Ebony Dust. Oh, and I will only know him as that from now on. Ebony, Ebony Dust. Dust. I'm here for that. I also uh, just really can't get over the fact that you just name dropped my roommate. I love that. Great dude. Yeah, great he dude. Is. He truly is. He's a good roommate too. That's nice. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. We're just crossing. We're crossing over. We're not even knowing it. It's great. I know. Well, let's move on to something 
that isn't NXT, but kind of. Yeah. It is the May Young Classic. Now, I, humble brag, mm-hmm. I was there for both nights of the May Young Classic a few months ago, so I already know what happens. Uh-huh. So I'm going to play Koi. No, that no. that I I don't know what I can't I can't spoil it. People would kill me. Oh yeah, okay. But um, it was a lot of wrestling. It was like thirty some match, or was it thirty matches? Like thirty two matches in two nights. That's like the most wrestling I've ever watched in my life. Unreal, including dark matches. It's a lot. It was a lot of fun. Anywho, so they aired the uh, night one matches, which was Rhea Ripley, a new look Rhea Ripley, badass Rhea, Rhea yeah. Ripley defeating. MJ Jenkins, Brooklyn's own MJ Jenkins. She was awesome. A lot of fun. She was so fun to watch. I was a little bummed at the outcome. Yeah, I think a lot of people were in the audience too. Yeah, I, I, I see that because this is like a new Rhea. Like she, she has like come into this new character of like a you know badass going to the gym, lifting weights, guitar stuff. Um, I got things on my neck and like, I, okay, okay, cool. Let's do it. I like that attitude. Um, but I still not sold. Oops. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna take some time. She's in NXT UK right now as well. So we're going to see a lot from her in probably that respect of NXT UK. She's, it's going to take some time to get used to. I feel like they tried to make her. Um, like Pete Dunn was in the original UK tournament where he just was just pushing people in the face. Like he just didn't care. Yeah, but she's not think- Pete Dunn. Like Pete Dunn, that's, that's, his, that's his thing. Like, I don't know. As like, as a divisive woman who dabbles in like, you know, metal and gross grungy things, you can see when somebody's like trying to smirk, it's a little tryhardy. But I do think that that is something that she will come into. I do think she's strong. I do think she's really a really good worker. And so I don't want to take that away from her. But a haircut does not make you alternative. You know? I feel like I feel like you were kind of saying she might be a poser. She's a little bit of a poser. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I don't want to, if that's what she wants to be, I don't want to take it away from her. So maybe she'll just ease into that character a little bit. Well, it's definitely a vast improvement over last year where she was like all smiles and rosy cheeks, McApple bombs, just running around like, look at me, look at me. Yeah. Way better character for her. The only thing I, I do agree with that. I totally agree with that. Cause that was obnoxious, but um, I do think that this new move set that she has with her new character doesn't suit her completely. Um, like she tried this vertical suplex and it just ended up looking like very, um, unstable, uh, which is like, I get you're doing like big man moves, but I, 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 I need some work, but, um, it was super, the match was super physical and, uh, that power bomb looks really, really good. So hell yeah for that. I can say this about the rest of the Mayung Classic. Get ready for two things you're going to see a lot of. Mm-hmm. Delayed suplexes yeah. and tope suicidas or suicide dives. Oh, yeah. You're going to see about 20 of each. Uh-huh. So, it's overdone. It is. It's overdone. It is. I mean, because I think that the, like, no, I don't know if I can say that. It's... <laughs> I think... That... Don't get us thrown off on the first episode. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just talking about, like, the... 
women's revolution, I think they're trying to infuse a lot of like Ronda Rousey into other people. Okay. Um, which doesn't suit. And by that, I mean, like, look at these big moves. I'm like, you can fight in different styles. And I, I think that we see somebody who, who was it? Who's the Chilean luchador? Is that? Zatara. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we see more of that with her because she like is really true to her own style. Um, in the like Lucha Libre style, which I, I adore obviously, but, um, I do, I do like the, the Ripley screaming. I appreciate that. And MJ Jenkins is so fun. Yeah. I'm glad that she's actually, I think NXT actually signed her. So she's going to be around, which is great. Cause she has an amazing story that you guys should research. Cause it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lacey Lane defeated Vanessa Craven, in a match where I thought Lacey Lane might have hurt herself with that slip off the top rope. Yeah. But she does get the W over the much bigger Vanessa Craven. So what'd you what'd you think of this one? You had some thoughts off air about this. I one. did. I had some thoughts and then I kind of went back. I like I was thinking about them a little bit more because I really I really like these two women. Like I really like them a lot. I love their characters. I feel like they're fully realized. I love both of their styles. I liked them together. I liked watching the size discrepancy. I I had a really good time watching it. Um, And also like there is some like Lucha strong style in there, which is cool. looks really cool in the ring. Um, But it was probably the weakest match of the night. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. And, is, and I think Vanessa Craven's the only Canadian female, which is like, what? What's no, like, Taya, where is she? <laughs> um, I don't and know. Chelsea, you're gonna have to, like, okay, it's fine. You're going to have to text her. You're going to say, where are you? Where are you? And she'll be like, I'm home. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, tonight she's at War Games, MLW War Games. Mm-hmm. And we are recording this on a Thursday. Yeah, she's actually teamed with Joey Ryan. How fun is that? Oh, get it. Get it, Queens. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> In the next match, we had Tegan Knox coming back from her knee injury that kept her out of last year's tournament, rumored to be the winner as well. Yeah. And not uh not Kyrie Sane. Tegan Knox defeated Zatara, which actually kind of made me sad because I wanted to see more from Zatara. Me too. The first Chilean female to ever re- I think maybe Chilean overall to be in a WWE ring, which is pretty awesome. And when you when I saw like the first round brackets, I was like, oh, man, like I know who's gonna win these matches." And yeah, and and Tegan Knox did get the win with the shiniest wizard. Oh, I love the shining wizard. It's one of my favorite moves. Uh, uh, it's one of my favorite finishers from Xavier Woods as well. Um, I it's yeah, I absolutely love that as a finisher. I was really bummed to see these two against each other. Um, yeah, there's a there's a couple other matches like that in the first round too where you go oh man like yeah ugh. like why have you done this i i think zatara we need more of her and tegan knox nothing to take away from her because knox is easily the more likable person in that um i mean i think that they they have set her up to be this like ultra baby face ultra underdog mm-hmm. um she has a super positive attitude without it seeing forced. And I, I, I really love her athleticism and the way that she moves and her physicality. And um, I love her moveset. I just really, really like everything about her, which really bummed me out to see her against Zatara. Yeah. Yeah. That's just one of those you can't win. And, and so is the next one. I'll just transition to that one. 
Mako Satamora defeated Killer Kelly. Man, like, <laughs> I was like, man, Killer Kelly is awesome from Portugal. She's just got a great look. Like, she really looks like a killer. Like, she would totally kick your ass. Absolutely. And then Mako Satamora, who, I'm sorry, guys, I don't I don't watch Stardom. I, did, I, I haven't watched a lot of it. No, me neither. But everything I heard about Mako was like, she's a legend. She's this. She's amazing. You wait till you see her. And I'm I, and I'm here to tell you. Let me everybody just scoot closer to the speaker real quick. I'm gonna scoot closer to the mic. She's really good. Like, like to watch her. She's a freaking legend. And I was in awe of her every step of the way. Mako is like my new favorite wrestler. I'm not talking like lady wrestler. I'm talking wrestler. That's amazing. I mean, she is incredible. And you could tell and- the respect to that Kelly had for her. Um, which I love watching in the ring. It was hard hitting. Yes. It was stiff. Mm -hmm. It was a great match. And the people, you know, I think a lot of people in the crowd were like me. Like, I don't know this. I don't know Mako that well. I know Kelly because of the, of NXT UK and like, I've seen her there and progress and things. I don't know Mako that well. But when it was over, we all knew Mako. Yes. We all wanted more Mako. So, and I think, oh my God, she's, she's incredible. And when she walks in and she does like the, you know, she's got her robe on. She looks just very respectful. You're like, okay, this person, there's something special about this person. Yeah. She's old school. She's like, she's just legit. It's kind of like when AJ Styles came in to the WWE, even if like, I was talking to my dad about when AJ Styles came in. Cause he's, he's like an old, he's been watching WWF WWE since forever, since it was regional. And so he doesn't follow anything else. And so when AJ Styles came in, he called me immediately and was like, who is this? Like, this is someone who is this? And that is the same feeling I got about her. And it's, I mean, I'm, I'm just happy to have her, you know? Absolutely. And I'll enjoy her for as long as she is in this tournament, but she is going on to the second round. We know that. And unfortunately, Killer Kelly is not. Let's go ahead and go on. Let's go past the man classic. I I will say this next week, I believe is uh, Mia Yim Mm. is going up against Allison K next week. That's a good one. Okay. That's a good one. So keep your eye on that one. I love Mia Yim. She's great. I do Uh, just have to shout out real quick. Yes. Uh, I have to shout out, where was it? Oh, uh, Satomura's Death Valley Driver. Ooh, ooh, ouch. Ouch, ouchie, ouch. Um, it was amazing. You called another move. Yeah, called see, I knew that. I knew that move. I know a couple things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I've been watching wrestling since I was born. I just don't retain a lot. <laughs> gotcha. But, um, yeah, no, it was absolutely incredible. The way that she went into it screaming. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're a murderer. You must fear and respect Mako Satamora. She's awesome. I do. Well, let's talk about the thing that I think I think you and I have the most love for together. The most the most combined love for, and that's Lucha Underground. Lucha, Lucha. Yes. Yeah. Lucha, Lucha. <laughs> anything that Van anything that Vampiro says, I'm all about it. But <laughs> Lucha Underground, okay. So we kicked off with Katrina and, and Mil Muertes, and we just kind of thought it was going to be one of these regular, mm-hmm. like Okay, this is weird. Okay, she's giving him a rock. She's giving him that rock and saying, okay, well, I'm going my own separate way. And then Melissa Santos Mm. interrupts her 
says, where are you going, bitch? Wait, where are you going? Beat, beat, extreme close-up, bitch. <laughs> love it. I love it. And then we proceed to have, like, a kung fu Ex- kill bill-a-thon. Yeah, it was, it was a Kill Bill Volume 2 extended scene. It was unreal. It literally went on for 12 minutes. Uh, and it w- had, like, three acts to it. First act. They're fighting. It's like a very traditional. They, it's also, if you'll notice, no music. Um, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, there was no music. It was very. It was. It was shot very Gonzo style, very real, and then it kind of shifted perspective into this like very um, whipped camera, car, not cartoony, but like superhero Kill Bill style, where they get into this smaller hallway and this moment that I appreciate and love because, given. Neither of these women in the temple are known for fighting. They're not. They're just not. Um, and and I think that's fair to say. And there's a moment where they are uh, in this hallway and they've just beaten the crap out of each other. And they're just on either side of the wall just trying to catch their breath. <laughs> and I love that, like, super real moment. <laughs> I watched this and I was like, okay, so I know Robert Rodriguez, like, made this show and the network – did he direct this or did he produce this? Because it seems it right. I I will put my, my cards on the table and say, I think this is the best thing they've ever produced. Wow. That is. Yeah. But truly I will. I, you know what? I agree with you. Like from, from story presentation to like actual aesthetic and visuals, it, it was kind of incredible. It's just, it, you were like, okay, is it going to stop now? And then it didn't. And I was like, okay, we'll just keep going. Like, make this the whole show. So, and like, I, this do, is I do love incredible. how strong they made Melissa look as well. Yeah, because last time we saw her, she was getting her head slammed off a cage and getting a vase broken over her back. Like, we know she can fight. We saw her, I think it was, was it last season when she and Phoenix were a tag team yeah. against yes. Marty and that was her uh, first, uh, that was her first in-ring match? Well, she looked good there, and uh, she looked good kicking Katrina's ass as well. And then Katrina fell off the side of a building, and and Mil Muertes had the chance to save her, and he didn't, and Katrina died, question mark? Well, so here's the very important thing, is that um, Katrina gave his life stone back, and when she was hanging off the side of the building, Mil was like, no, I'm going to kill you, but first let me give this back to you because you mean nothing to me. And mm-hmm. that was pretty intense and very cool. And uh, then she falls off, oh, so beautiful, falls off the side of the building in this like just gorgeous Hitchcockian vertigo scene where you see her arms like flailing and her face is so steady and the ground is racked focus and it's bright and vibrant it was so cool i, I stick to what i said like even you describe it i'm like that is amazing yeah it's pretty good <laughs> for for a wrestling television show that rivals anything that anybody's doing yeah oh absolutely Anybody. bar none and and then you had aerostar who kind of sort of brought phoenix back to life because he went back in time and brought him back to life yeah mark but he's sort of like a zombie kind of it's confusing yeah okay so yeah so he so okay (laughs) 
I feel like that's Please, how I always start it. when I try to explain Lucha. That's how I always start. I'm like, okay, well, mm, okay. Mm, so, um, Aerostar, like, absorbs the stone's energy into his little Iron Man pocket um, chest piece thing. <laughs> Copyright. Back in time. And by the way, we have been waiting technically four seasons to see any time travel at all. Because they have been saying, Aerostar, Aerostar, he can, he's a time traveler. And we're like, okay, prove it. And this is the moment. This is the moment he proves it, which is so fun. I mean, it's a little disappointing that he goes back six weeks in time and not like, I don't know, 600 years or something, but maybe that's to come. But he takes this life force, goes back to about like the moment when Katrina kills him. So she's still alive. Because in order for her to have that moment to die and get or die, quote unquote, and give the life force to Aerostar, she had to survive that moment. So, which is all very like time space continuum me. Um, so he goes back, he saves Phoenix, he brings Phoenix back to Melissa and goes, listen, here's your boo. But I warn you that he will not be the same for a very long time. Zoom into Phoenix's eyeball and it is like modulating and there are things coming out of it. It's very strange. And then Aerostar takes the other half of Katrina's necklace, which is what Melissa was holding on to. So interesting, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm on the same level. I think I think I'm getting there. This might be like some kind of infinity war yeah. sort of finger snap that it's all that spoilers for infinity war. Yeah. um but yeah we'll, we'll have to see where that goes uh aerostar from i mean just by the trailer of this season like he's gonna have a big part in it so for what i can tell i don't know but I, I i don't know but i can tell uh so we had joey wrestling he was sacrificed by the god or sacrificed to the gods by matanza cueto not much to this match just a straight ass kicking um john uh i keep wanting to say johnny wrestling god i know why they did that <laughs> joey wrestling though looked in incredible shape my goodness the guy has yeah. been working backstage for a long time and it didn't look like it yeah i mean that's you know all of them they all got those those bodies <laughs> now okay so now i have a question uh-huh. because if matanza is sacrificing all of these people to the gods then when they when Aerostar goes back in time, does that like reset the timeline or is it just for Phoenix? It's just for Phoenix, at least in like okay. just for Phoenix. So yeah, you know what's interesting about the sacrifice to the gods thing is that we don't actually know that they're dead. We just know that they're in a different realm. So that's interesting. And the other thing is, like about this match, I was a little eh, because Joy Wrestling just showed up for the wedding. And now we're already sacrificing him to the gods, which is fine. I understand that he's only here for a stint. And like, I don't think he should be a main player at this point at all. But I do think it was a little unceremonious because the problem with this whole sacrificing to the gods shtick is that it lends itself to potentially be a little monotonous and redundant. And I think this kind of in the middle of what was arguably one of the most insane episodes of Lucha Underground, this was just a little lackluster. 
And I think that Joey Wrestling probably deserved a little bit better of a send off than that. But it's a, it's essentially like the like the U.S. Open Challenge or like an Intercontinental Championship Challenge. Yeah. Like you know they're not going to win. Yeah, exactly. So. Like he, Joey Wrestling is not going to beat Matanza. So what? Why am I watching this? You know. But maybe Joey Ryan will. Uh, you know, I bet he won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably. Yeah. Right. Then he'll be dead for good. Oh. <laughs> well, the next match was, I'm sorry, was a uh, Big Bad Steve, oh. great name, versus a uh, Kill Shot. Uh, so a lot of stuff happened in this match as a uh, Son of Havoc, also at All In, yes, uh, came out with some popcorn and some drinks mm-hmm. and. And uh, Killshot got the victory with the old diving double foot stomp. And then Son of Havoc really not even getting in the way yeah. until the until the end. It was all Killshot who then threw the popcorn in his face. And then Son of Havoc ripped his mask off, which is the ultimate disgrace in Lucha Libre is ripping off somebody's mask. And so where do you what do you think they're going with this one? So here here's a here's an interesting thing about this is that this is a very distinct heel turn. Um Son of Havoc has always been good boy. He's always been good old boy eating Tostino's pizza rolls in his mother's basement. That's literally a scene from last season. Um so he, they have really pressed him being a good good boy. But this is the moment where we see Killshot in his most vulnerable and we're meant to feel for him and we do. So I think that was effective. Um, we also know about Killshot that he does not respect Lucha Libre. Um, so not in like a overt way. He just says that he has no attachment to his mask in the world of Lucha Libre. His attachment to his mask is from his uh, army experience. It's from right. his brothers in the army. And so it means just as much to him, but like in a very different way. And um, I thought that that how instinctual his reaction to getting his mask very, very easily ripped off because we've seen in the temple, we've seen a few times people trying to rip people's masks off. It's usually very bloody. You see a bunch of like noses poking out of holes that noses shouldn't be in, but the mask always stays on. This was clearly like his mask is coming off, which is. I'm holding out hope. I don't think that it's going to happen, but I'm really holding out hope that we're going to see Shane Strickland. That would be something. Wouldn't it? I'm ready for some Swerve City in that temple, you know? We're going to talk about Shane Strickland a little later. So we'll save it for that. But let's go ahead and talk about the, the final match, which was supposed to be Pentagon Dark versus Johnny Mundo, but due to Matanza wrecking shop and destroying the wedding we had a fill-in and uh pentagon dark said anybody that wants to walk their ass out here i will be sure to break their arm and it was hernandez Hernandez. who we hadn't seen since the first episode of lucha underground in uh in in is i forgot what it even was but hernandez comes out and uh it was a it was a decent match. I think Hernandez got blown up about halfway through because like and Matt Stryker was covering for him because he was like, Well, these chops, they're hitting him really hard, and Hernandez is taking a long time to recover. I was like, Yeah, I think he's blown up. So Yeah. I could be wrong. I I'm not trying to harp on the guy. No, 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 no. I think I think that's totally fair. I mean, he's it, it, there's like no skirting around it. He's an older dude, and he's also very, very stiff. Um 
which is why I do think that when we saw him like fly over the top rope, that was pretty incredible because you're seeing this like old vet essentially um, uh, fly through the air. And I, I, this match, you know, I've, I've known Hernandez for a long time. Um, not personally, just, (laughs) just wrestling. And this match put him over for me. Like he was like Chicano, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He spoke to every part of me and I loved it. Um, I loved his character. I love the energy he came out with. I'm praying. I'm hoping that we see more of him in the temple. Maybe not so much in the ring, but maybe as more of like an, like an outside player, like an executive player. But um, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed this match. It was not exceptional. Um, but I will say that uh, the end was good. I liked the little like tidbit at the end. Are you talking about a one King Cuerno? I know what his face looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all do. If you watch AAA Mania, you know what his face looks Handsome like. Handsome man. He, he come, yes, he is. Comes out and whacks Pentagon Dark with his own championship belt which looks like we're going to get cuerno versus pentagon which gets me excited because i I want loved the overhead shot there's like a bird's head shot of cuerno hitting the thrill of the hunt directly onto the belt and i'm just like oh yep it's a feud (laughs) oh i like it I wanted King Cuerno to win the Gift of the Gods Championship. Like he was my like odds on favorites. Like, oh well, they're obviously going to do King Cuerno because they've been really pushing him a lot this season, yeah. or like from last season into this season. It's like, well, it's it's pretty obvious, and he did win it. And I'm like, man, that's weird. But now it looks like he's going to get his title shot anyway. So I'm really excited for that. He's one of my favorites, King Cuerno. Yeah, I'm wondering if they'll address the mask. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Well, probably not because that was filmed way before AAA Mania. Oh, you're so but, right. I totally forget that yeah. Lucha Underground isn't just like happening in real life. <laughs> oh my god, it's their taping schedule must be insane. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. My goodness. Well, let's transition out of Lucha and let's go to. I mean, did you see any local stuff this past week? I know I didn't get a chance to. I, I could have gone to some tapings, but I didn't. Did you get to see anything this week? Uh, you know, I did. Uh, I saw Nuclear Heat, which is um, Hot Young Briley or Ryan Nemeth's uh, wrestling promotion here in Los Angeles at the High Hat in Echo Park. If you're here, check it out. And all uh, and the proceeds of the shows go to different charities. Each show is a different charity. Um, awesome. And uh, this one was to help women uh, who are survivors of sex trafficking and to help sex, sex trafficking sex trafficking reliefs in the Philippines, which is amazing. Um, It really is. It truly, truly is. And it's such a special night. It's in this bar. It's dope. It's so sweet. I mean, like you have Darren Young was there. (laughs) Like it's just, it's just a really, really good time. And it's a, it's a nice feel good show. If you're in the Los Angeles area, check it out. Well, that is, that is awesome. I, feel crappy for not getting your local stuff, but I'm working on yeah, it. So okay. they, they took the week off anyway. So wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to get in there, but let's go to, this is our last segment of the show, but it's something that we're very passionate about. Rachel came up with it. It's very good. You came up with it. It's a very good idea. I think it's awesome. I think it's going to be one of our most popular segments, if not the most popular segment. I hope so. And we're, we're going to call this one, the putovers. 
this is where we'll take we'll talk about a, a wrestler of independent ilk that you need to keep a lookout for, keep an eye on, maybe check out some of their matches because they're on the come up or they're just getting ready to blow up. And you need to know before they hit the scene, like, oh, man, I need to get my research in on this person. Mm -hmm. So, Rachel, who you got for me this week? Well, I have one of my absolute favorites, Peter Avalon, who is a local hero here in Los Angeles and all of Southern California. He um, has been on the scene for literally forever. You can find a very cool match with him and Kevin Steen at PWG, I think, like 10 years ago or something. Um I know it's it's he's incredible um and he runs a show called championship wrestling from hollywood which is where david arquette made his uh re-debut um he trains him as well and uh he is a producer on that show he books it and he's also part of a tag team called pp ray and his their like that gimmick is they're like dancey sexy boys but also can like wrestle they can work so i mean watching him in the ring is so much fun it's so reminiscent of like old time wrestling his facial expressions the way he moves and he's not afraid to be goofy but is like gives you everything you need at the same time he's just so good and i highly suggest checking him out his uh, Instagram is PPA all day. That's two A's. And his Twitter is PA or nope, nope, nope. His Twitter is P Avalon. So like Peter Avalon. Check him out. He's got a follower in me. I'm going to, I'm joining the ranks of the Avalon nation. My put over for this week is somebody we've already talked about, sort of. And that is one Shane Strickland. You may know him as Killshot from Lucha Underground, but most of you will probably know him as Shane Swerve hmm. Strickland. And I got the chance to see him uh, during a couple of MLW tapings because he was, I was there when he won the World Heavyweight title, when he beat Matt Riddle. Probably one of the best matches of the year that I've seen. Um, probably one of the best matches I've ever seen in person. The guy has presence, like nobody's business, man. He just, like, I'm afraid for him that he's going to get compared to Velveteen in some ways. Just, just, just the way he comes out to the Shaka Khan music. He's just very like a mix of like Jimi Hendrix and, and just cool. Like he's just super cool. And you look at him and you, this guy, he's not built like a normal wrestler is built. He's very, he's very tall. He has very long limbs that just help do so many things and it makes everything he does look killer the double foot stomps the the suplexes that he does the the dives off the top rope anytime he dives to the outside it looks like he killed somebody like he's just able to do things that other people are not able to do because he's athletic and because he's he's pretty fearless i mean he's been czw champion he's the current evolved champion MLW champion, as I just mentioned, and he's a guy that if is not if he's not on WWE's radar now, he's going to be very very soon. He's got to be on the radar anyway. But he's a guy you got to look out for. He's a guy that's super entertaining every time he goes out there. The guy can't have a bad match, in my opinion. I've seen him do so many things. Whether he's kill shot, whether he's Shane Strickland, it doesn't matter. I think he's one of the best out there, if not the best independent talent right now 
not named Kenny Omega or Pentagon Jr. Just saying. <laughs> but that's going to do it for our first episode of Best of the Rest. Rachel, did we have fun oh, today? I had such a I love talking to you. Well, talking to you. It's nice. It's really nice. Well, we hope to hear from our listeners out there. If you like the show, of course, you've got to support us. So go to iTunes, rate and review this podcast and the entire pro wrestling sheet feed. You've got the Collider Body Slam, SmackDown and Raw recaps. You've got top five. You've got the flagship, the pro wrestling sheet weekly show. And I believe Ryan is working on another show that I'm sure he'll tell you about pretty soon when that comes around. So pro wrestling sheet is blown up. Yep. So check it out any way that you can. Before we get out of here, though, Rachel, tell people where you can be found online and, and what you do. doing. Oh, great. Yay. Okay. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rachel Sam Evans or Rachel Sam Vans. It kind of depends on how your brain works. And, um, you know, that's it. I, I, I don't need to put over the other stuff. Just listen to this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, sounds good. I like it. I will put stuff over. My name is Aaron. You can find me on Twitter at AT Titanium. I have an Instagram. I don't use it. But you can also find my writings on uh, ProWrestlingSheet.com. I did some articles about Monday Night Raw last week. Um, If you want to go ahead and be spoiled about the Mae Young Classic, uh, that is an article that I contributed to on Pro Wrestling Sheet as well. You can get all of the, the spoilers there if you like. But uh, don't say I didn't warn you because they're spoiled. But be sure to check all that out, and we will see you next week right here on Best of the Rest. We'll see you. Bye. Hey, little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 